Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hi, everybody. Uh, I had the honor and privilege of being here last, not last week, but the week before. And uh, I thank you for allowing me to return and share. Uh, my name is Wayne Adesso. Um, I uh, am a member of the Cowboy Church of Darrington. Or actually, it's the, it is the Cowboy Church of Darrington. Some people call it the Darrington Cowboy Church. But, but anyway, uh, Pastor James, that, who is your pastor here, is also my pastor there. So um, anyway, I have a, a message for y'all that I hope you'll enjoy. Um, one second, please. I'm trying to move into the modern age here with a, <laughs> with a computer. So, <laughs> You'll see this time I remembered my glasses, though. <laughs> what I'd like to talk about tonight, or today, is Jesus Christ, the light divine. And in this, in this, this uh, sermon, I'm going to talk about the true nature of gospel ministry. I'm going to talk a little bit about John the Baptist, uh, the nature of sin, the nature of believers, the true nature of God, and the salvation in Jesus Christ. Now, I know that that's a lot of stuff, and uh, I tend to overdo it a little, but I'll attempt to keep this as, as timely as I can. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, again, reiterating about the, um, the earthquake, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that, yeah, we should all put that in our devotions and pray for them, folks. It's, it's how we show the light of Christ in our lives and, and help them to become more than what, they, what they've been presented. Because, you know, when they're from a different place and all they know is the Muslim faith, you know, how are they ever going to know about the love of Christ? You know, and I, I think there they're heavily persecuted for, um, for believing in Jesus Christ. So pray for all of that. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Jesus Christ, the light divine. Uh, so in order for me to kind of get started with this, I had to find out what is light to begin with, right? So I, I, I went on the line uh, Thankfully, we have that modern stuff nowadays. And, uh, and I, I, I learned that visible light is defined as electromagnetic radiation that uh, can be perceived by the human eye. Uh, there's a spectrum there. So the longer wavelengths are the infrared, the infrared side of the, of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, <laughs> so that they have the longer wavelengths is the red spectrum and the shorter wavelengths are the blue spectrum. Um, now the actual light that we see are what they call photons and those are what they, what they term as a massless elementary particles. Right Now they, these things move at an incredibly fast speed. They're, they travel in a straight line, of course, we all know that, we learned that in science. Uh, and um, and they move at, well, as close as science can come up with is 186,000 miles, 
186,282 miles per second, which is phenomenal, which means that the sun, which is 93, generally about 93 million miles from us, it takes light about 8 minutes and 20 seconds to get from there to us. So, you know, how great is God to create such an amazing thing, you know? And, and he also gives these men, of course, they're, we're all created in the image of God. So they're the ones that, you know, God is the one that gives men this knowledge to be able to figure these things out and, and share with us. Um, but we know uh, as Christians that Jesus is the light, is, a, is the light. He's the light and the life. And uh, he, Jesus is the light that overcomes darkness and shines the light of men. You know, he, um, now, you know, I, um, so I wanted to touch on the Gospel of John because that kind of leads us into this. And, uh, and I want to show how John the Apostle expresses how wonderfully who the person of Jesus is. But to get started, I'm going to go to Genesis 1, 1 through 4. And this is straight out of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. Well, in my studies of, of, for this message became apparent to me that there's two kinds of light because Jesus actually didn't put the light in the heavens until the fourth day when he was in creation. That's when he set the greater light for the day and the lesser light for the night, right? So what was that light? What was the light that was, was when God was hovering over the face of the deep? Now, another thing, uh, I want to point out that the earth at that time was all water. There was no land showing. This was he was he was hovering over the face of the deep, and he didn't he did this on the second day. He created an expanse between the earth and the sky and made the sky. That was what that deal was. And on the third day is when he 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 made the seas and the land and brought the dry land forth. So when you think about God hovering over the over the face of the deep, it was a planet completely covered with water and it was in complete darkness, right? So that light, I studied, there's several different views on what that light was, but the, the best that I could understood was what the rabbis came up with, the Hebrew rabbis, and what they called it was the, the Shekinah, the glory, and, and that means the glory of God, the, the light of God's glory, Right? Um, and so, now, also, you know, uh, also now, they refer to God as Elohim, which, of course, is plural, because we talk about uh, God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, who are one, but are separate, right? And, um, and the L stands for, means powerful, right? Um, so, and, uh, and um, so that physically manifested Shekinah, the glory of God, um, that, that is spoken of in, in verse 3, is, is the light of Elohim. 
And that is, that is actually referred to as in, to, the, uh, um, to the rabbis as the plural of majesty, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but um, so who is Jesus? We, we all are pretty most all of us are Christians here. So who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is he's the expression of divine power. He's the Lord of all creation. He's the, he's the Holy One of Israel, the Prince of Peace. He's the one who was, who is, and is to come, because that is the promise. The, the, uh, he's the light of the world. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He, and as, as this, at this moment, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he is distinct from God, but yet is God. He, um, uh, he's the lamb that takes away the sin of the world, and he's the author and finisher of our faith. So that's who God is. He, how great is our God that we serve, right? Because we see his promises all the time. I see, I like to hike. So I take my dog out and hike in the, in the forest, and I see God everywhere I look. I, I do. I see his handiwork in the, in the heavens and in the forests and I, you know, I mean, I, it's really, it, I really struggle to understand how people can't believe in, in God Almighty. Um, so we know that Christ is the Word because He's the communication of God. Uh, he's also the life because He created all life. It was, and, and He's eternal life itself, Jesus Christ. Uh, he's, he shines the light that brings truth to all men and women. He shines the light that brings salvation to those held captive. Uh, and I remember being one of those captives, you know, before he came into my life. Uh, and that brings free, and, and he's the light that brings freedom from sin and death. You know, because of Jesus, we're, we're assured of our place. Uh, we're assured of where we're headed. We don't, we don't have to worry. We don't have to anguish that, oh, heck, I, I only have so many years and, and then I'm gone, right? And there's nothing because you're the spirit of, your spirit is eternal and your spirit is going to return to God, right? Until it, it, until it is joined with your, with your new body that Christ will give you when he raises us all in the, in the last day and, 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 we, and we have this glorified body that will live for eternity, and by the same token, those who, who reject God's word will live their eternity, but in darkness and separated from God. And, I, and you know, I, I, I hear a lot of, of, of uh, you know, hellfire and things like that. And I understand that that was not really made for man. That was made for Satan and his demons. But, and I'm not really sure where that falls, to tell you the truth. I, I don't, right? But I do know that, that just living... Uh, when, when they talk about, um, when they talk about the, uh, the rich man that was looking across the gulf and uh, at uh, uh, the beggar who was in Abraham's bosom, he was in darkness and, and, and he saw that, that this guy was, was in the light. Uh, I mean, I think that just the separation is, is enough to break you. Right, so you know, people should think about these things, uh, and this is the reason that it's up to all of us as Christians. It's just not the person that's talking or the person that's singing or the, 
you know, it's up to all of us to be people who share Christ with others. Just, just don't be afraid. Just boldly put it out there. Get, just boldly put it out there. And hey, if you, get, if you hit rejection, what happened with Jesus? He came to the people and they rejected him. His own people rejected him. The world rejected him. And eventually they took his life. But of course we know that that was the plan for redemption. But, you know, it's a, it's a sad fact that that's what men do. You know, because it, really it's, it's a terrible thing. So, so true gospel ministry. Uh, it's pretty clearly spelt out by John. Uh, and its illumination is defined by the light of Christ's mercy. Um, uh, and, and what we see when we, when he, when he, in, in John 1, when he's telling us about the, about, uh, John the Baptist, we see the evangelistic nature, uh, that, that we, they wanted to pass on to us. Um, um, and, 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 and it explains to us why and what should be the theme of our message when we're sharing with others. Um, believe me, it's a lot easier to share with Christians than it is folks that are non-believers. Because, you know, nowadays people will actually come against you and heckle you. And, and, you know, and I would think that it might not even be a bad idea to put some study into some of this Christian apologetics. And apologetics doesn't mean we're apologizing for our faith. It means that we understand what the truth of the word is, and that we're able to 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 meet their um, questions or their misbeliefs with truth. You know, um, it's it's really there's there's a lot there, and it's actually that's kind of almost a specialty. You know, you have like your evangelists and your people that are they concentrate on apologetics. That's what they do, um, but. So, the, so the truth of the gospel. So we all know the gospel, right? And the, the, and what I have written here is what I feel the truth of the the truth of the gospel is that God provided salvation through His Son Jesus Christ, right? so that men and women could be saved. Uh, Jesus sacrificed that we might receive the gift of redemption and overcome death, uh, and uh, and and also to share in His triumph. Uh, by our acceptance of Christ as our Lord. The, you know, it's, it's really very simple. Uh, but remember, it's not earned by penance, works, or anything we might perform. It's an undeserved gift of God given to us simply through His grace. Um, and Romans 10, 9 through 11, I'm going to read this verbatim. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So the script, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And I've seen that in my own life. And I know that you all have too. Uh, so... Okay, so now I'm going to jump over to John 1.6. If anyone's following along, usually I... I just kind of rattle it out, and I'm still learning here, folks. I'm a minister in training. So, uh, okay, so John 1, 6, uh, there came a man, right? Well, who was this man? Who was John the Baptist? He was a man sent from God. His name was John, which means gift of God. And he was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, descendants of Aaron, 
and they were upright in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Zechariah was a, was a priest. Um, and when he appears on the scene, John, where Jesus had not really got his ministry going yet, he was the one that was, gonna, was going to pave the way for Christ. So that, and, and he did it with the spirit of Elijah. He had, this man had power. When he spoke, he spoke with power. And, and he was a, a, a very simple man. Uh, he, all he wore was a cloak, cloak of camel hair. Uh, he, he, they said that he, he ate locusts and wild honey. He, uh, and he lived, this is in the first century, and, and he, was, he lived in, in the wilderness. That's what he did. Now, this, this, his, his birth uh, parallels the birth of Jesus and was actually marked by angelic proclamation and, and divine intervention, as recorded in Luke 1, 57 through 80, which is a long read, but I would advise you to read it because it's really interesting, right? He was called. He was born to, to do what he did. He was, you know, John was, I see him as a, he was fearless, number one. He went up against Herod the king and told him, pointed his sin right to his face, and he, rather than rescind anything, he actually lost his life in the end, right? But this was a powerful man of God, uh, you know, which just goes to show us that, you know, all of you have hearts of lions too. You do. It's in there, right? You just, you just have to not be afraid to bring that out. Um, so John was that voice crying in the wilderness, and, and where he was located, he was in the uh, Transjordan, uh, the southern Transjordan, not far from Judea. And, uh, and he was kind of pushed over into the wilds of Perea, which that's what put him kind of in the realm of uh, Herod Antipas, right? Which, of course, any of things, Herod, the Pharisees, you know, all of this stuff is, was political. They, like the men today, they wanted power, they craved power, they... They didn't want to hear anything other than what they were about. Um, so, um, so it was from there that he proclaimed the coming of the Messiah. And the people flocked to him. I mean, he, the people flocked to him and he was baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. But he always said, right, there's one coming after me which I am not fit to tie the, 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 the ropes of his sandals. Right? The laces of his sandals. He... John always kept his, always gave the, the honor and the, and the, uh, to Christ. He, he just did. Um, uh, he, uh, now, he was actually, where he was located, uh, John the Baptist, which was interesting to note, was he was actually located where Elijah had fled. After Elijah had done the things he did and he called down the, the fire upon the Baal priests and everything. And, and then, of course, he was scared because he knew they were going to try to kill him. You know, so he was in that same area. Um, and, and it was also the place where the people, where God led his people into the promised land. That was the same area. Um, and it was also where the, and, and it's also where the Lord revealed himself in, in the end. Um, so, um, 
And it was, a, it was also the place where many of the uh, rabbis and scholars felt, felt that the Messiah would come from. That's where he would come out of that land, the same land where Elijah was. Um, they believed he would appear from there. So, so John continually pointed to Christ and Christ alone, who would come as a lamb to take away the sins of the world. And he even verbalized that when Jesus came to be baptized. He said, behold, the lamb that, come, that takes away the sin of the world, right? Um, he, was, uh, he was actually the last great prophet of the pre-Christian era. Um, uh, and probably one of the greatest. Uh, he, appeared for, he appeared after 400 years of silence. After all the, the prophets, there had been no other prophets for 400 years until John rose up. I, I imagine that John probably didn't have much of anything. I, he maybe had a satchel, maybe had a bowl and a cup and something to eat with. Uh, he probably didn't have much. But what he did have was God's spirit and, and with power. Now, he also had apostles that followed him. Not apostles. He also had, he also had uh, uh, men of God that followed him, that he taught. And apostles had to be part of Christ. And some of those did become apostles. But, but he had his own men that, that learned from him and, and, and were, you know, were, t- were sold out to John, but who, who he actually sent to Jesus in the end. Because he knew, he said, he said no, you follow him now. That's your master. That, that's, is, that is the one who will, will teach you what you need to know. Um, so, and you can find a lot of, uh, I had uh, Luke 1, 76 through 79 that I was, I wanted to read um, uh, because I just felt it was a really good, uh, I felt it was a really good thing. I'm sorry about the pause. Okay. And, and this, is, this is talking about John. This is, this is not Jesus. This is just as Luke. He says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him and to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, which, which by the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine upon those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet to the path of peace. You know, uh, but, but really, this is the one I told you about that you go all the way through um, 57 to 80, and that's just one little excerpt of that. Um, so John always states that he was not the light, that, that he came... For a witness. Now, if you look in your Bible, it'll say as a witness. But, but the Greek actually says is uh, martyrio. M-A-R-T-U-R-R-E-O. Martyrio. And that means to bear witness, to testify, to give evidence. And, and, and that means that it's not referring to a person. It's, re- it's, return- it's referring to a message which that's why it should read, he came for a witness 
to, to the light to give testimony so that all might believe through him, not in him. John, right? Not through him, but through him, not in him. I'm sorry. Uh, the Greek used here uh, is not about a person. Um, so in this way, John the Baptist sets the foundation for ministry. So pre- as preachers, uh, those who preach present the evidence of God's truth so that all believers may bear witness. This is, again, I, I, I keep coming, that's what the Holy Spirit keeps telling me. It's, it's not just the person that's talking, because that person is no different than you, right? No, has all the same, uh, has all the same insecurities and, and issues in their life that everyone does. It's, 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 you know, I mean, gosh, we would all love to be a John the Baptist, wouldn't we, right? But that's really not the way it is. What, what it is, is is it's just another brother sharing with you about the truth so that you can take that truth in your heart and bring it to others. And this church, I got to tell you, I, I am so amazed at the, at the missions and the, and the outreach that y'all are doing. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm humbled to stand up here before you. I, 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 a couple of weeks ago when I was here, I had no idea I was preaching to a whole bunch of preachers. <laughs> so thank you for allowing me to come up here and, you know, share. Uh, you know, even though I know that there's probably men here that are way more knowledgeable than I am. Okay, I'm just I'm just another guy out there. Uh, so these passages, um, so these passages, they illuminate the the true nature of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the full glory of Christ at that time was not possible to see because he had not yet sacrificed himself, right? Um, but but the light of Christ it illuminates his own nature, and and just remember that you can't be saved apart from Christ. There is, there is no other name under heaven by which you will be saved. Um, and John, um, sorry. John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world, and no man who follows me will ever walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Jesus, he had... Striking words for John the Baptist. Now, you know, John the Baptist was his cousin, right? Uh, he had striking words for, for John the Baptist. He, you know, uh, and it bore, it bore such a great testimony to, to him as a prophet and a man of God. Uh, Luke uh, 7, 24 through 28 says, And after John's messengers left, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. And he said, what did you go out to the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? Uh, no, those who wear expensive clothes and indulge in luxury are in palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. He says, I tell you more than a prophet. Right? This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. And he says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Now, that last little line there has, there's a whole lot to that. You could do a whole sermon just on that line. Uh, but what 
the general consensus is is for most people is that because John was not saved through the blood of Jesus Christ as per se after Christ sacrificed himself and he still was kind of one of the last of the Mosaic law guys that the people that were saved by the blood of Christ would be even greater than John. But also, there's also another uh, thing there where if you look at how the Greek is written, Jesus was also saying that, yes, John is great, but I am greater than he. So there's that too. So I'll leave that to you to look into and figure out. But it's, it's worth, these are little things that are cool to look at and figure out. Uh, so here, so now we go, uh, so the nature of sin. So, so Christ coming into the world illuminated the true nature of sinners, uh, of which I was one, and am one, right? Uh, the gospel helps you to understand the importance of salvation. So to be aware of our sin, we're given, a, given the law to guide our, to guide our hearts. And that, the, in, the, in the light of Christ, that shows us the truth of our condition. So we look into our hearts and we say, you know, where, what am I doing? What am I about? What, what am I doing? You know, where am I walking? Am I, am I walking in the flesh or am I walking in the spirit? You know, again, like Pastor James always says, look at the gauges in your car, right? If you find yourself being very short-tempered, uh, argumentative, you see these things, those, those are kind of like maybe you're tending to be over there in the flesh a little bit. So remember that. We're supposed to try to walk in the Spirit because that's where our strength is. And that's who we are. Um, so, so, so Jesus, you'll notice that he wasn't really, he was kind of hard on the Pharisees, but he really wasn't judgmental on sinners. Uh, the woman that was accused of uh, adultery. I always wondered, what about the guy? But it was, it was, they focus on the woman, right? But what did he tell her? Where are your accusers now, woman? Go and sin no more. He didn't sit there and chastise her. He, did, he didn't need to. Because the truth told her what the sin was. She knew that, right? And... Um, so, uh, so, so, so even when he didn't directly address the topic of sin, it's often in the subtext of the things he said. So now when Jesus is just about to begin his ministry, and, and he, he comes down to Nazareth to the, to, the, to the synagogue, right? And Luke 4, 16 through 21 tells us, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Uh, and he stood, he stood up to read, because he was pretty well known by all the people that he was awesome. right? I mean, they were amazed when he was a young man, like when he was 13 and just a kid. He already had the knowledge that was, it was phenomenal. Of course, he's the king of glory. Of course he did, right? The, uh, but he was still a man. You know, remember that, he, that, that Jesus was... Fully, was fully God, but fully man. So he knows our struggles. He knows, the, he knows what, it, what it's like to live this life uh, with flesh wrapped around us. Okay, um, And he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. 
He unrolled the scroll and found a place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the good year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. And he began by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Right? Uh, so he talks about the people that were lost in sin. And I had a couple little notations here. Um, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And I put in parentheses, the Holy Spirit. Right? Uh, um, to proclaim the good news to the poor. Right now, yes, he was proclaiming the good news to the poor because the poor needed more than the rich. But he was also talking about the poor in spirit. That, the, that these people were poor in spirit and they needed, they were lost. They had, they had been crushed by the Pharisees who had put so many rules and regulations upon them that they, okay, it became, it, now it wasn't, Spiritual, it was about following the rules, right? You know, I mean, and, and we know that the law doesn't save us. The law just points to where, to, the, to sin, to, to tell us where we should and shouldn't be. Um, uh, to, uh, oh, oh boy, I was... <laughs> I was <laughs> this is the problem with computers, folks. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, so 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 the poor in spirit, and then I also put he has sent me to proclaim liberty, salvation, right? Salvation to the captives, and recovering the sight of the blind. Now, yes, he did. Jesus heal the blind. Yes, he did. Right? He, he talks about the parable where he spat upon the ground and picked up the clay and put it on the, the blind guy's eyes and then sent him to that pool that they just found. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I keep thinking Elohim, but it's not that. It's something like that. But anyway, they just found that pool, that actual pool. So he went and he washed the, washed the mud out of his eyes and, and hallelujah, he could see again. You know? So Jesus did heal the blind, but I think what he was talking about here was the people that were just blind, that they did not know the truth. I mean, they weren't being taught the truth. The Pharisees were not telling them the truth because it pleased them not to. You know, <laughs> they, they retained their power. I'm not saying it pleased them not to. I'm sorry. They retained their power by doing that. It's kind of like, well, when I was a young man, I was in the Catholic Church, um, you know, and... Uh, like a good Italian, right? And the, the thing is, is, is they really don't... Now they're a little better, but there was a time when the Catholic Church, they pretty much kept everything to themselves. And they really didn't share that much with you. They, it, it was more of a... Hey, don't question the Lord your God, you know, kind of thing, right? Uh, and, and, of course, and like I talked about last week, Martin Luther, of course, started the Reformation and... Here we are today. But, but, so they kept these people in darkness, kind of, right? Just follow the rules and you'll be fine, right? Um, right? I mean, how, many, how often do we hear that, right? I mean, the politicians tell us that. Everyone tells us that. But, you know, but God doesn't say that to us. He's freed us from 
rules and regulations. He says, he says, by your grace, you are saved, right? By your faith, by your, you know, I, you know, I, I've set you free. So you, he's not demanding anything from you. Just, you know what you need to do. And you will do it because you're a Christian. That's, you're happy to do it. It's, it's just your good and reasonable service. Um, so Romans 3, 22-24 says, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I don't know whether I touched this last week, but that's usually the scripture they always give, give you. They never go to the end of that scripture, which says... And are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. I mean, it's, they all say you fall short of the glory of God, but they, but they never include, it seems like people never include that. And I think that's so important because it means a lot. It's like the whole context of the, of the uh, verse. Uh, so, now that brings us to the true nature of believers. Okay, so this is y'all. <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, I meant to tell you about the photons. Um, you know, we all know that the galaxy starships carry photon torpedoes, right? <laughs> I meant to tell you guys that. But, uh, uh, but the true nature of believers. So the light of Christ illuminated the nature of true believers, right? Uh, despite Jesus' rejection by the world and Israel, the plan was not thwarted. Uh, so, so when we receive Jesus, we believe what, what, who he is and what his name means. It's, and, and, and that gives us the privilege and the honor to become children of God. And that is the nature of true believers, that we are children of God. Uh, you know, uh, so, so ask yourself, are we religious people? No, we're not, really. We follow Christ, right? We don't stick to religion. And uh, are we people that just follow creeds? Are, are, are we people that just follow religious ceremony? Right? I mean, didn't they do that? Didn't the Pharisees do all that? Right? Uh, you, know, um, you know, none of these. You know, you know, are we people that simply live up to a moral code? No, that doesn't save you. Right? Right? Uh, the true nature of believers is that we're children of God, and we cry, Abba, Father, to, because Christ, we, sorry, we look at, we, God is our personal Father, right? Despite maybe people in this life, we have fathers that fail us, or, or don't, aren't a Christian father, or a father that does the right things by his family, but God is always our Father. Um... Uh, and we're his everlasting children because we receive Christ and, and in believing in him, we believe in the three Latin words, words, <laughs> ascentius, to ascend to the truth, notitia, to know the truth, and fiducia, we trust in the truth. And I, I love that. Ascentius, notitia, fiducia. Right? I mean, this is, well, it appears to my Italian nature to talk Latin or everything, but even though I don't know that, but, but no, I love that, right? So we put our hands in the destiny of Jesus Christ, you know? We believe in his name, and we have the, the privilege to become, to be a child of, of, a child of the light. Um, 
and, and, and we become his spiritual children, and this is what they call the second creation, right? The, the new birth, being born again or born from above, right? Uh, Christ creates in us a process of regeneration, right? He, he changes our mind the same as he will give people over, you know? I mean, we read in the Bible where he goes, well, they're, they're so steeped in that sin that he goes, I've given them over to, and sears their mind. Right, um, and you see that in today's political scene. I see people that are out of their minds. But but uh, but um, so the true nature of a believer is not one that follows follows a moral code, an ethical system. He's a new creation, a child of God, everlastingly redeemed and reborn in Christ. That's who we are. That's who you folks are. You guys are brothers and sisters. That well. I'll be seeing in heaven. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll all be hanging out, right? Um, but, so, but Romans 8, 16 through 17 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. And I want to say something about that, too. In the... In the uh, Hebrew, um, in the Hebrew world, uh, to be an heir is to be an equal. So when you when you become the heir of your, you know, at a certain age they do the um, for for a boy, I think it's bar mitzvah. That at that moment he becomes fully vested in the in the affairs of his father. He has the same rights to, to do, to, well, within reason, to, 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 but, he, but he is actually accepted almost in time as an equal. I don't think they actually accept you as an equal until you're 32. I think the, I think the Hebrews consider you're not a, a full-grown man until you're in your early 30s or something like that. Um, but, yes, so, um, so now let's talk about the nature of God. So, uh, what is the nature of God? You know, he's the light that pierces the darkness. He also illuminates, uh, you know, he also illuminates the redemption of, by grace. Um, uh, it, it's not given by descent. It doesn't come through your ancestry. It doesn't come through your parents or your grandparents. Um, neither because of the will of your flesh, uh, because you want to do something, uh, or personal or moral effort. Um, um, I guess I better put these on. Um, you, you won't find grace through the will of man or the acts of others on your behalfs. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't go through some kind of sacramental system of religion performed by a priest or somebody who considers themselves an official of God. Uh, it's by the act of being born of God. That's, yes, that is where we... And, you know, doesn't it make sense? I mean, doesn't that make perfect sense? Because we see that... We see in the political system and in the religious systems how people fail. Right? Because they're only men. You know, we can't think more of ourselves than what we are. Right? You know, and that's what keeps us humble and keeps us focused... 
and understanding what Christ has actually done for us. Because he, is, he has given us more than we deserve. He's, at least he has me. Um, uh, but um, So only God can do that miracle. Only God. Him and Him alone. Uh, therefore we find the true nature of God regarding the gospel, that God is by nature a Savior. He's a Savior of all men and women. Praise His name for that. So, salvation in Jesus. So, again, the law points the way for a man to become conscious of sin, but none will be declared righteous by observing the law. Boy, it, you know, that would be the easy way, wouldn't it? Right? I mean, wouldn't it be easy? I mean, you could follow pretty much the Ten Commandments, pretty much. You know, you might lose your temper and yell at somebody once in a while for something stupid, but, but you could... You could probably follow them pretty good, right? Most of us are pretty set. Uh, but, but none will be declared righteous by observing the law. They, you just won't. Um, you know, and that's what Jesus kept trying to tell the Pharisees. And they said, no, look, hey, we don't need you. We got Moses. He's our guy, right? And Jesus said, hey, before Moses was, I am. Right? I mean, and that's what, then they wanted to kill him. Right? Because now he's declaring himself as God, which he was. Right? Um, so, our righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ and through him alone. And so, even though we fall short of the glory of God, Christians are justified, justified freely by God's grace. So, in conclusion... As believers... As believers, we see that God has it in his heart to give life to all. And that's the bedrock, the essentials, the foundation that we understand as Christians is that God wants to save everyone, right? Uh, um, and that, that our God by nature is a saving God who gives life, uh, who gives life and, 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 and the believers who also come, we come by his grace and become a new creation we also want to share and help and, and lift other people up. Because that is also our nature because we have God's nature, you know, through Christ. Um, um, so the only true nature, so the true nature of ministry is to present Christ and give testimony that's in him, through him, that we find salvation. Um, I'm out of time, folks. Um, I didn't start with a prayer again, Right? Uh, but I will close with a prayer. Father, thank you, thank you, Lord, for the gathering of these saints here. Uh, Father, this is a, a wonderful church, and, and it, I see your work being done here, Father. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you continue to, to renew our minds and to, to lift us up and to hold us close to you, Father, because we love you. Uh, let us be a light to all men. And, and let us never forget where our, where our salvation comes from. And we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And sorry about it running over. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.